more. I'm Ed Fallon, your host here as we broadcast live from Des Moines, Iowa, the cultural and culinary crossroads of America. Hey, a quick shout-out to our business partners here in central Iowa. Thanks to a Gateway Marketing Cafe located on 20th Street and Woodland Ave in the Sherman Hill neighborhood, uh, my grocery store, and also a great place for breakfast, lunch, and supper. Uh, thanks also to... Story County Veterinary Clinic. It's amazing what you can do with glasses these days. Story County Veterinary Clinic, operated by Dr. Kim Holding, who has 30 years of experience treating large and small critters at Story County Vet. Thanks also to Ritual Cafe on 13th Street in downtown Des Moines. Fair trade coffee, fair trade tea, and of all vegetarian menu, that's Ritual Cafe. Thanks also to Cinco de Mayo Restaurant on Southeast 14th Street. Uh, uh, authentic Mexican food at very affordable prices and very friendly, helpful uh, quality service at Cinco de Mayo Restaurant. And finally, thanks to Namaste Restaurant on seven, at 7500 University Ave in Clive. A broad range of Indian food from both North and South India. That's Namaste Restaurant. Okay, so uh, later on the program, we're going to be... Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Kids for Cash prison scandal. We'll be talking also about the presidential campaign, of course. Uh, first, though, I want to kick it off. Uh, Frankie Mink is in the studio with me. Uh, Frankie and I go way back. We met, actually, doing radio, doing radio about yes. a decade ago. Yeah, more than that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, here you are in my studio, and uh, we're Facebook-living this. We're going to be available, of course, on the uh, two radio stations here in central Iowa. You can also hear the program rebroadcast on stations across the uh, state and through the Pacifica Network. And also we have a podcast that will be available later in this program, or later in the day. But I want to kick it off by welcoming Frankie to the show. Frankie's got a fascinating story. Uh, he was, at one time, a skinhead, a white supremacist. And in fact, he beat me up years ago when we were in high school. No, I made that part up. No, oh, that's my brother who beat me up. Sorry, never mind. <laughs> that was too far apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I got a few years on you. A few years. Anyway, so you come from Philly. Yes, yes. And you had a troubled past. Pretty troubled. And you're an awesome guy now. Well, I think so. I hope so. Yeah. Some so, people think that. Yeah. So tell us what, what, what happened. Uh, wh wh how did you get involved in being a skinhead? Yeah. Um, so it was uh, late 80s. I was, uh, my mom got remarried to a, a, a drunken drug addict in Philly who uh, did not like me when he moved in and uh, liked to put his hands on me, liked to uh, punch and hit. And as she started to learn how to uh, get away with it more from my, around my mom, she wound up going and uh, kicking me out, made me go move in with my dad. My dad lived in southwest West Philly, where Fresh Prince was from. Fresh Prince was, you know, the guy who moved from West Philly to... Uh, you know, Bel Air, and so my white butt moved into that neighborhood, his black butt moved out, and it was an all-black neighborhood where I just had a brawl every day. I mean, going to school, you fist fought, you fist fought at school, you fist fought at every sporting thing. I just, so I was always fighting these black kids, and uh, I was also a very well-trained athlete. I was a top football player in the city of Philadelphia. I was a small white kid. I was always getting records. And, and, and a hockey pro, player, too, right? Hockey, yeah, and I played right. hockey. So, But not so, a Bruins fan. Not at all. <laughs> at all. So, um, make no mistake about that. Yeah, make yeah. no mistake. That's probably the lowest team on one of my, my rankings of teams. All right. Good so, to know. Good to know. Yeah, we'll stay off that one. So, um, and then from there, um, that summer, so I went to my dad's. My dad has a bar. He's a, you know, he's kind of like a drug dealer in a bar, and I never see my dad. And he puts me in this all-black neighborhood, and that's where he lived. And that's year I just kind of started having more of a change because I was having a lot of pain in my life. How old were you? I was um, 
at the time, 13. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot going on in my life, a lot going on in my body, and I have to fight these black kids every day. So, that summer, I went up to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where my cousin lived, which, if anyone doesn't know the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area, that's like Amish. Um, Amish country, yeah. Like, their turf. Yeah. You go there, you know, they do drive-bys and the little... Horse and buggies, and now when I say drive-bys, yeah, yeah. you know, drive it's a wave. Yeah, it's a wave. It's not a shooting. Yeah. Right, 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 right. We got, we got that. We got that. They're very pacifist, right, very right. wonderful people. But my cousin, who lived up there, was in this neo-Nazi gang, and when all these other neo-Nazis would come over to his house, they never seen black people. So when they would come over to his house, they would all be drinking, and they're all older than me. They're tattooed. They're kind of thugs. They had cars. There were girls with them. I thought they were super cool. And they would always start talking to me. They'd give me a beer, and then they always start talking to me. What's it like growing up around black people? Because they had no idea what it was like. Yeah. And every day, and what that did to me was, that was my, if you call my mom or dad, we can't call my mom. My mom just died of a heroin overdose, but mm. recently. Sorry. But, yeah, it's mm. part of the game, I guess. Yeah. But she, um, so what, I, if I came home with a black eye, my parents never said to me, How, how'd you get that black eye? Or how's your life? And what's going on at school? I did never asked me those questions. When these skinhead guys would drink with me, by the end of the night, they'd always be like, so what's it like? One time there was even this girl, her name was Terry. And Terry was like the queen bee of our group. You know, you always have a queen bee girl. She don't get along with other girls because other girls are all backstabbers. So she just hangs out with dudes. And well, she was one of them, but she was so hot that we were like, okay. So she was our queen bee. <laughs> and I can relate. We have, we have, we have, we have beehives. Yes. <laughs> we know about the queen. Uh, I thought you meant the two queen bees in here with us. <laughs> so, anyway, my. This girl one day stood above me and tried to call me out in front of everybody. This girl, Terry. And she's standing there with a beer in her hand. She's tapping her foot on the floor. She goes, so you're going to tell me you see black people every day? And I said, yeah, I take the L train, like, into school, which is goes through all black neighborhoods. I was like, yeah, I see black people every day. Now reverse it now. Imagine if I sat her down, stood above her and said, so tell me. You see Amish people every day, like because it's <laughs> right. a perspective of living. Right, right, right. It's right. like the squirrel. I mean, it's like the uh, snail on top of the turtle. When it's, the turtle's walking, the snail's on top. He's going wee, like it's so fun. Because perspective of living, that squirrel thinks that's fast, right? Perspective of living, they didn't live around black people. Eventually, I went to this concert with these skinhead guys, and there's a big fight inside, and I'm helping them out, and I'm on this big guy's shoulders in the fight. And You're the snail and the turtle. I'm the snail and the turtle. Yeah. What a, and what? And so, the end of the night, we all get let out. And as let, out of, let out of jail? No, 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 let out of the concert. Oh, okay. The concert, got, we all got kicked out. And as the night ended... So, by let out, you mean got kicked out? Kicked out. The bouncers, okay. the bouncers let us out. <laughs> right. They <laughs> showed us the way out. Yeah. So, we're all standing outside, and, and the contract gets let out, and all these people are walking by us, and, and they like won't walk right by us. They make these real hard turns to get away from us. And the guy that I was trying to kick on that guy's shoulders, was this one guy in particular I was trying to kick, we see him, and we walk over to him, and we walk over to him. This big neo-Nazi guy says, hey, buddy, you got something to say to us now? And this guy that we were trying to beat up, he um, had like this mullet, so we were trying to beat him up because of a mullet, and that's a pretty good cause. But no, <laughs> you shouldn't right. still be beating somebody the, up. But the anti mullet movement? It's totally was on then. Totally okay. on. That was the summer of the anti mullet. All right. So. <laughs> I, I missed that one. Yeah. I was still struggling with the anti ball movement. <laughs> <laughs> but so as we go over to this man and we're saying something to him, I seen this look in his face, and it was just this look of, of fear. Yeah, I. Can't blame him. And I love that. Oh, I absolutely love that he feared us. He feared me. Even though I'm only up to the guy's hip I'm standing next to, he still felt like he feared me. And why that felt so good 
and this goes for every gangbanger out there, every thug, every bully. We all have the same makeup. We're all egomaniacs with no self-esteem. And when people fear us, it feels good because I'm a scared little boy inside. Yeah. And when someone, I feared everything growing up. I feared my parents. I feared my school. I feared my step-parents. I feared if we were going to have enough food to eat today, if welfare, if food stamps were going to come. I feared everything. And now someone fears me. Hmm. I loved it. And so that was the night they asked me to join. And I joined. And from there... You were 13. 13. Going on 14. And from there, they brought me up to Bible studies where I had no... Because the Bible says it's okay to beat up on black people? Oh, oh, absolutely. For them. You you have to translate it the right way. Yeah. (laughs) Right. If you corrupt it the right way or the wrong way. So, and I'll tell you how. It's a perfect example is I go to these Bible studies. I never knew of a hatred for Jews, right? I only heard things about, in my neighborhood, oh, 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 Johnny tried to Jew me today. Right? You heard them jokes as a kid in sure, your neighborhood, yeah. you know? And I never got the stupid joke. So when I would ask my uncles, why does everyone laugh whenever someone says, Johnny tried to Jew me? And he'd say, well, the Jews are notorious for going in countries and doing Ah, Frank, you'll get it when you're older. You'll get it when you're older. He didn't want to explain it to me. When I went to some of my first neo-Nazi meetings and Bible studies, and they would talk about the Jews secretly running the Federal Reserve from Israel and siphoning off money from the Federal Reserve, and I got the stupid joke. Mm. And I was—I must be older. Yeah. I must be educated now enough to. Get and you suddenly were able to add a new constituency to the list of people you both hated and feared. Absolutely. And also, right. and then they bring the Bible into it. Where So we all know the story of Adam and Eve. No matter if you're even an atheist or whatever, you know the story of Adam and Eve, God's first two people. Says, don't eat the fruit. The chick eats the fruit anyway. And then she tricks the dude in eating the fruit because we do whatever they say. We'll eat the fruit too. And we all get in trouble. Right? That's eternity in trouble because of this fruit eating incident. Well, that, they're saying that's not what happened. They're saying that the serpent comes to Eve and he impregnates her with Cain. That's the sin, not the fruit. That he impregnates her, he's had the forbidden fruit with That's her. quite a stretch. Especially when I was a Catholic boy. Yeah, too. and I, I'm, you know, I learned how to read Hebrew and when I studied religion. And I don't, I don't, don't remember any translation yeah, remember that, that talks about the serpent impregnating Eve. Uh, but, uh, it gets better. Okay. Hold on, because then it gets into a Maury Povich episode. Where, and, you know, again, another TV reference. <laughs> Everyone else in the world is going to get this. Right, but a culturally illiterate Ed Fallon who doesn't even own a TV. That's right. I'm an embarrassment to our country. <laughs> you are. How do you watch uh, The Apprentice? So, well, anyway. I, I, did, I did watch the Women's World Cup final. It was great. That was good. I, w- I went to Tamayan Sons. So, <laughs> so, when they would start reading this Bible to me and tell me that the serpent impregnates Cain, I mean impregnates her with Cain, she hurry up and run the back and has now sex with Adam. That's the sin. So what she does is she pours the Mori Povich on him. Is now she's telling him that that's, this is his baby. So, and, you know, and Mori Povich, if you've ever seen the show, he always does these, is it your baby? And they do the DNA test and they go, it's not your baby. And the guy goes, ah! And oh. the girl goes, yeah! So anyway, that's what happens in the Bible. It's a Maury Povich episode. Okay. <laughs> so now he goes and has, then she finally has sex with him and impreg- he impregnates her with Abel. Cain kills Abel. Okay. They tell you that Cain is the first original evil Jew on the planet. Gotcha. All right. Now, I just totally missed that in Bible study. I did too because I, yeah. I went to, I was a Catholic boy. Same here. I same made here. all my sacraments. I happily, you had to make my sacraments to live in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. You've got to make sacraments or you're out. So you were raised Irish Catholic. Very Irish Catholic. So the name Mink. Mink is... We can get into that. Mink is Jewish, but we didn't never were told that until about five years ago. Ah, so okay. it's, it's, it's the way that it's spelled is a very weird spelling. And a rabbi happened to tell me, and a very famous performer named Matishahu kept telling me. Mm-hmm. He kept saying, "Dude, that's Jewish." And I'm like, "Wow, well, it doesn't matter because it wasn't really my real last name." Thought maybe there was an O in front of it, and they no. dropped it when you landed at Ellis Island after coming over from the old side. My no. real, 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 real given last name is Berlini. I'm a Dago. 
My okay. dad's my dad's a little Rocky Balboa. If I yeah. show you a picture of him, he's a little Rocky Balboa. Okay. My dad is an uh, Italian guy who had sex with my mother. Sorry, and uh, <laughs> that's what happened. I haven't had that tattooed on braiding on top okay. of my head. No, no, no serpents involved in this no, one. No, no, oh, okay, no. But on top of my head up here, I have a tattoo that says "Made in Philly." Because that's from my parents. Yeah. Yeah, I got to run to a, sh- a short break yeah, here, uh, Frankie. But um, when we come back, uh, maybe t- talk to us about that that pivotal moment when you kind of hit rock bottom and then started seeing things differently, and then moved toward this uh, this lifetime commitment of uh, building a universe of equality and 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 uh, and peace. Because uh, that's where you're at now, and yeah. it's it's amazing. I'll tell you during the commercial break. Oh, no, wait. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, till, wait till we come back. Okay. Folks, we'll be back in just a minute. And when we come back, for those who are watching on live stream, we'll restart the uh, live stream uh, from the top. Back in a minute on the Fallon Forum. Gateway Marketing Cafe is your locally owned source for specialty groceries. Enjoy chef-crafted prepared foods, artisan baked goods, organic produce, specialty cheeses, and hand-selected wines and craft beer. Visit the Lively Cafe for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Gateway Market is centrally located on the corner of Martin Luther King Jr. Parkway and Woodland Avenue. Stop by or visit www.gatewaymarket.com for more details. Gateway Market, good food, great community. For all your accounting needs, both business and personal, contact Ying Sa at Community CPA with offices in Des Moines and Iowa City. It seems that tax law changes every year. You want an accountant who's up to speed on the latest twists and turns. Someone who can help make sure your tax return is filed accurately, in a timely manner, and properly, so you don't end up paying any more than you need to pay. So give Ying Sa, the founder of Community CPA, a call at 515-288-3188. That's 515-288-3188. Across the Des Moines metro, Ritual Cafe is known for its excellent fair trade coffee and fair trade tea. Ritual Cafe also serves breakfast and lunch and offers an entirely vegetarian menu. This unique venue is also known for its live music and displays of local artwork on the walls. Located on 13th Street between Locust and Grand in downtown Des Moines, Ritual Cafe is open six days a week. Make Ritual Cafe a daily part of your ritual. Times are tough, and most people are just trying to make their cars last a little bit longer. That's why you should know about Sargent's Garage in Des Moines. You can trust Sargent's to make the right diagnosis and give you a fair price every time. Whether it's a routine oil change or a major repair, Sargent's always does outstanding work. So don't give up on that old car just yet. Call Sargent's Garage at 515-246-8149. That's 515 515- Two four six eight one four nine. It's important to know where your food comes from. At Hawk Restaurant, that's easy because 90% comes from Iowa farms and Iowa producers. Located at East 5th and Walnut Street, Hawk is open for lunch and supper Monday through Saturday. From May through October, you'll also find Hawk at the Downtown Farmer's Market serving fantastic breakfast wraps with 100% of the ingredients from Iowa, except for the salt and pepper. Learn more at hawktable.com. That's H-O-Q-table.com. Dr. Kim Holding has over 30 years of experience working with all creatures great and small. Cat, dog, horse, cow, elephant... Well, maybe not an elephant. If you've got a pet elephant, you may be in trouble. 
Kim's work history is long and deep, and her clients stick with her year after year because they know she will do right by them and their pets and farm animals. So give Dr. Holding a shout to keep your animals happy and healthy. Call 515-232-8766. That's 232-8766. Namaste India is one of the best Indian restaurants in the Des Moines metro. Located at 7500 University Avenue in Clive, Namaste offers a broad range of cuisine from both northern and southern India. Namaste's menu also includes delicious Indo-Chinese and Nepalese dishes. Owner Ronnie Singh has been in the restaurant business for over 12 years, providing a truly unique culinary feature for Central Iowa diners. Open Wednesday through Monday for lunch and supper, Namaste also delivers to your door. That's Namaste Restaurant at 515-255-1698. That's 515-255-1698. to the Fallon Forum. Thanks for joining us on The Dial on Facebook. And, of course, there will be a podcast available after this program on the Fallon Forum website. And you can also catch the program on KHOI 89.1 FM in Ames and KICI in Iowa City. We also rebroadcast on stations in Missouri and Louisiana, believe it, believe it or not. Anyway, so... Um, Later in the program, we're going to talk about the Iowa caucuses a bit and about private prisons, but I want to continue with uh, Frankie's story. Frankie Mink has is, uh, is a, um, been a blessing to our community here in Des Moines. Uh, was not such a blessing when he was in Philadelphia as a young man, troubled, a skinhead, a white supremacist, a gang member. And we were talking about your background there, and it's pretty fascinating. I didn't realize the Amish has something to do with your uh, your transformation. Yes. <laughs> transformation in the wrong direction. No blame to the Amish, no. but just because of the circumstances. But what was the moment? I mean, so you, you start you you felt that fear and the power that accompanied it accompanied it, and then mm-hmm. you um you, you know this you you ended up in prison several times, right? Yes, seven uh, several times uh, up until the age of seventeen. When I was seventeen. I got, uh, I had received a sentence of three years for aggravated kidnapping mm. in the state of Illinois. So Illinois. I was out in by the Chicago area, Springfield, Illinois, and I kidnapped a rival gang member or rival organizer or whatever you want to call us back then. Uh, another skinhead? Yes, but he was, on a, he was a, an anti-racist skinhead, so he was against racism. Oh, well, that's, so, yeah. yeah. We don't want to get to that whole <laughs> Yeah. But so come up there what, what was the pivotal moment at which oh, yeah. the kind of the, 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 climax, the climax of your... Your troubled years that yes. kind of launched the new direction for you. So yeah, and so to set that up, I'm, I'm 17 years old. I'm charged as an adult, and my first prison, one of the first prisons they sent me to, was with John Wayne Gacy in it. Oh wow! Remember, yeah. So I walked, uh, get put in this prison. Cellmate? No, no. He's okay. on death row. He's oh, okay. on death row, and he was eventually executed for killing right. 34 17-year-old boys. Yeah, I know. Crazy. 34 of them. Yeah, so so repulsive. And I'm 34. I'm 17 going into this place. Anyway, um, I started playing a lot of sports in prison. I was a high-ranking member of the Aryan gangs in there because on the outside, before I got arrested, I had my own TV show. So it's just like you, just just reversed. I, mean, I had my own cable access TV show on Lincoln Lane Community College where I talked about being a neo-Nazi and what it means to be a neo-Nazi, and I made it funny, and I made it skits, and we did all this Wayne's World type stuff before Wayne's World. But So um, 
anyway, I'm in prison and I'm playing football a lot with the black kids because they were the only ones I really could play football with. When you play football and basketball with, with Aryan guys who are bikers from southern Illinois, um, you let double dribbling go. You let traveling go because they just don't know how to play. You know right, I mean? right. And I knew how to play these games. So a lot of these younger black kids kind of became my friends just because I was playing sports with them all the time. And we were on the same team. And we'd always talk about girls. That's all we ever talked about was girls. Because you can't talk to the older inmates about girls. And so I just, like, when I, my daughter was born, I had a daughter while I was in prison, the first person I ever told, and this is how crazy, I'm a neo-Nazi ready to cause a race war. The first person I ran to to go tell I had a baby girl was my black friend G and Jello. Mm. You're a basketball player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I did not want to go to my Aryans and tell them because I knew as soon as I said something about my girlfriend having the baby, they were, oh, now she's going to look good again. Now she's going to cheat on you. Like, they would just do that to break your chops. Yeah, yeah. Just older inmates being older inmates. And so those guys became closer to me just because they were my same age. And I wound up finding out that it was because of empathy. I learned, relearned empathy. I didn't, let me tell you, when I started to get out of this, I didn't lose my humanity. I didn't lose my empathy for the world. I gave it all up for acceptance. Mm. You know, and it's an old former, another former out of Canada, he taught me that. He said, you didn't lose it because I was like, how did I find it and get it all back? He goes, it's always, you just gave it up for acceptance into something mm. that was bigger than you. Acceptance and, meant more than humanity. Yes. Mm. And they did a whole test on that in Stanford. The Stanford, oh, really? The Stanford College, you know, Stanford University did a test that's called the experiment right. where they took a bunch of kids, put them in a prison. For None of them did anything wrong. They made half guards, half inmates. And they said, go and control these inmates for two weeks and we'll give you all $2,000. This was in the 70s. Wow. And I didn't these, hear this. Eventually, the guards wound up beating the crap out of the inmate kids because they wanted them to stay in line so they can win the money. And so that's what the whole mm. Stanford experiment was saying. Like, do you... Are you mad at the guards at the concentration camps, or were they just following orders? Did they know what was going on and still just follow order because that's what they're supposed to do? Mm. Did they lose their humanity? And I actually, to bring it all back to that, the movie, The Experiment, I'm actually in that movie. You are. With, with, with Adrian Brody and Forrest Whitaker. Oh, hey, wow. So little anyway. Plug, little plug, little plug. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you, you, uh, you, you, you got to know... Uh, you know, black people differently in yeah. prison through sports. Yes, and, and and a lot of Latinos. We played a lot of soccer. I played on the Latin Kings versus the Latin Disciples, and I would always play on the Latin King team. And I just got became friends with the, the Latino kids from playing soccer and stuff. And so I, I knew how to play soccer too. So, so yeah, I mean, it was just mostly all through sports and kind of conversating about girls. Yeah. And then when I got out of prison, I was looking for a job. I'm looking for any work because I had a big swastika tattooed on my neck, which yeah. these ain't good people skills. Right? Right, yeah, There's no yeah, yeah. management positions. Yeah. So a buddy of mine gave me a job working at an antique show, and I went and I worked at this antique show carrying in and out antique furniture. The guy who ran the company was Jewish, and he was Upper East Coast. If I had to draw up a picture and, uh, and write a story of a stereotypical Jewish man, he would fit it. You know, like that. He was all the time. And so he gives me this job working at this furniture place. And at the end, he owed me $300. I made $600 in tips alone. Hmm. So I think he's going to come up to me and say, you got your $300, right? So I'm ready for him to, in my anti-Semitic way, right. Jew me. Right, gotcha, gotcha. So he comes up to me and he starts counting out money. He goes, I owe you money. And I'm all ready to be angry with him. And, like, we all do this. I don't know how spiritual you could be, but we all plan to fight 
people at work or where like you know you think about Johnny he always wears a Dallas Cowboy shirt so you don't yeah, like Johnny I'm, I'm always thinking about ways to fight with my colleagues no, you know, but you ever think when someone does make yeah. you mad and then I pull back from the break at the last minute right, right, right. Win, whatever it is absolutely and that's exactly what I did with, with Keith I was like you know what he's not going to pay me and I threw out all these landmines for him to step on so I could fight with him and he doesn't step on none of them mm-hmm. and then he comes up to me and says I owe you money and I'm like yeah you do <laughs> and he goes how much do I owe you I said $300 and he says here's one two here's three here's an extra hundred bucks you're a real good worker Wow. And I was like, you son of a gun, you ruined it. <laughs> so I have $1,000 in that week. And then he drives me home and he offers me a full-time job. And for six months, that man taught me all about the antique business. He taught me all about what, how to tell what furniture is from what era. All yeah. So, so you, you, were, you were exiting the white supremacist movement. I imagine there was some pushback. A little bit, a little bit. I Just was, a little? You weren't you, you weren't the one who was receiving a beating from... I did. I received a pretty nasty beating. And I didn't... I'm not one of these people that when they say, you come beat, get beat out by the gang, you got to catch me. I ain't going to come walking and go get beat up. <laughs> but they jumped me at a funeral one time. Oh, they, that's classy. Yeah, yeah. They jumped me at a funeral, threw me down a whole flight of steps. It was a whole big thing. But that was it. And then I got out of the movement and the Oklahoma City bombing happened. I went to the FBI told my story to the FBI. Wait, because you knew something from behind the scenes? I wanted, to do, I wanted to do the Oklahoma. I was one of these people that would have done that oh, in the day. Like, wow. I was that militant into this. Wow. And so I just wanted to give them the point of view of okay. why people live that way. Uh-huh. And they took your testimony seriously? Took it very seriously. And they wound up passing me on to some civil rights groups and said, you should have this guy talk to people. Because mm-hmm. he's really sincerely out of this movement, and he really knows the truth about stuff. So basically, you never lost your humanity, but you went from the acceptance you never had as a kid mm-hmm. to the acceptance you experienced <clears throat> as a teenager with these gangs, mm-hmm. and finding a new acceptance, starting with the you know the black kids you were playing basketball with in prison mm-hmm. to acceptance by this broader community of you know of, of just all sorts of people including this jewish uh, fellow who set you up for a great job and treated yeah. you right uh, a, a different you know acceptance by a broader universe that allowed that humanity to be heard right fair enough it's exactly fair enough okay and that's why i think a lot of times we need to uh, when we people are there's neo-nazi groups that are coming to town people going to throw bottles and rocks at them you know what? I've never, when I was in the neo-Nazi rallies, I never ducked the bottle. I was like, whoa, let me rethink my beliefs here, right? I'm Now I'm more determined to believe what I believe because there's my enemy. We need people just to have human being contact and conversation with each other. That's what will change a human being. Yeah. That's exactly, there's no other way to really change a human being. And, and for people to say that when people do get out of these movements, they don't accept them because they used to believe that way. Well, then what do you want? Do you want them to keep being that way or do you want them to not be that way? Yeah. Right? And it's wow. hard. It's a hard. We've got to run to a short break here, Frankie, but when we come back, folks. I'll, again, we'll restart the Facebook live stream. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about um, the work you've been doing, but also your perspective on the rise in white supremacist activity since, uh, well, let's just say the last three or four years. There's something so, coming there, sure. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back, folks, on the Fallon Forum. To the Fallon Forum, it's Ed Fallon here, your host, folks, uh, broadcasting from Lorena, 1260 AM and 96.5 FM. We're here in the uh, cultural and culinary crossroads of America. That's Des Moines, Iowa. Also, the hotbed of political, you know, presidential candidate activity these days, and we'll talk about that. We always talk a little bit about what's going on with that. 
But uh, I want to take a second to give a shout-out to some of our local business partners, thanks to uh, Gateway Marketing Cafe. That's my grocery store and a great place for breakfast, lunch, and supper. They've also got a catering service. That's Gateway Marketing Cafe. Uh, thanks also to Hawk Restaurant, Hawk spelled H-O-Q, restaurant in the, in the East Village of Des Moines, where 90% of the food served comes from Iowa farms and Iowa producers. Hawk also has a booth at the Farmer's Market in downtown Des Moines. Thanks also to Diversity Insurance, located at 1541 East Grand in Des Moines. Your insurance needs covered under one roof. No appointment needed, folks. That's Diversity Insurance. Just stop by. And thanks, finally, to Community CPA, with offices in Des Moines and Iowa City. That's my tax and accounting firm, folks, and the founder, Yingsa. Give her a shout. She'll set, she'll, she'll set you up right. That's Community CPA. All right, so we've been talking with Frankie Mink about his... Um, past life as a skinhead and white supremacist, uh, about how about the terrible things he did in that capacity, about his transformation to a life committed to equality, public service, um, just building bridges. And you've written books, you've written, uh, you've done films, you've done amazing things. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about wait, all wait, the no. amazing stuff. No, just spend time talking well, about I know you want no, to, right. but... Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, I'll talk about the bad stuff. But, yeah, no, 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 I want, to talk about, I want to talk about the other bad stuff. Yes. I mean, because we have seen a rise in white supremacy. We've seen a rise in, in Nazi, uh, Nazi sympathizers. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's been kind of astounding, mm-hmm. um, but... And I, and I the alt right, the alt right, sure. So, what's your take on why that's happening? First of all, um, well, it goes off of so the neo-Nazi groups actually had their biggest surge not when uh, not when Trump came to office. It actually was eight years earlier when a black guy finally had the White House. The numbers grew astronomically, but what Obama, in response to Obama? Yeah, mm. and what happened was Obama. Just lulled them back to sleep, right? Because everything they you go in their chat rooms back then, they, Obama was going to do everything. He was coming for reparations. He was coming for not just reparations. He was coming for uh, land. He was going to come for your guns. He was going to come for the white women. He's coming for everything. They were all coming for everything, right? Wait, and, wait they really believed he was coming for the white women? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm putting That's, that in quotes. No, what that, what does that mean? Even I mean that means he wants to make more race mixing because the more there's race mixing, the more the white race will be eliminated. Ah, okay. So this is the talk that's going on. Right. Well, Obama doesn't do any of those things. Actually, you know, just is a very compassionate president, I think. So, but anyway, so he, he got, the groups got really big right then. He lulls them back to sleep. A guy comes up for this, going to run for president, and he used the same lingo. Every link, all racists in America say the same thing. I hate all such and such. But not my friend Ted. Ted's cool. Right. Because I go to school with Ted. I, you know, yeah. I hate all Latino people except for, you know, whoever. Right. That, that person is a, quote, credit to their race. Yes. That yeah. sort of thing. He's yeah. a good person. He talks like I do. Hmm. Well, when Barack, uh, when uh, Trump comes up for this uh, a nomination speech or to, to throw his hat in the ring, he says, all Latinos are... Uh, drug dealing, bad people. He goes on the whole list. Remember this? He goes mm-hmm. on the whole list, and he sure. goes. And I assume some are good people. Right. He just spoke to every racist in America sure. by yeah. saying, "I am a racist, but I have exceptions." And also tapped into the whole anti-immigration, uh, you know, flair. Okay. And 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 also goes with the from uh, anti affirmative action groups that are coming sure. around, you know, because. Yeah, because I know so many people that lost their jobs due to affirmative. So, so you're you're saying that just the the that that o- Obama Obama's election 
inspired a lot of these all right groups to you know to to feel Sorry. empowered but then you said they you, you said he, he lulled them into non-resistance because he just wasn't he wasn't the hateful he wasn't he he wasn't the hated target that they hoped he would be. Right, right. He didn't come <laughs> right. for the guns. Right. He, he didn't come for the white women. Yeah. He didn't come for the land. He right. He didn't come for reparations. He didn't come right. for any of that stuff. Yeah. He just was a, a decent president. But Trump has inspired an even more, you know, aggressive uh, reinvigoration of the of the alt right movement, but from the entirely different, entirely opposite perspective. Right. Because well, and their rhetoric is that Obama let. This is going to sound really silly, but you have to follow me on this one. Half of this is what I said is silly, but racism is silly in its first part anyway. I'm better than you because of the color of my skin. It's the most idiotic thought process in the world, but there's a lot of people who think right, that, right? right. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Barack Obama, they say, let Black Lives Matter kill people and go against cops. And that's what he, he since he allowed that, Trump's going to allow these alt-right groups come and do the same thing that the Black Lives Matter groups did. Yeah. Which is totally ridiculous. It's a totally ridiculous statement. Uh, facts, like they say, facts matter. Hmm. If you look at the facts, it, it's nothing like that at all. So, anyway, that's why these groups, right when uh, Trump comes in office, the guys take over the the, the Fort House in uh, Oregon. Remember that? The white guys? Sure. Were, yeah, yeah. And, and they, and they pe- treated them peacefully. They killed one of them eventually in a shootout. But right. Those, those type of groups were like, well, we get to make our stand now because Trump's on our side. Yeah. And uh, it didn't go that way. <laughs> it didn't go that way. But they, they, still, so, wait, they still did let them sit up there for 40 yeah. days, though. But, the, but I mean, the, the all right is feeling very empowered, very encouraged. Um, and you've got uh, uh, Spencer, uh, <laughs> Richard Spencer, who, uh, I mean, is, is, is pretty shameless about where he stands on stuff. Yes. And I told you this. Uh, me and him were doing a debate against kind of each other. And he said, everywhere white people go, we make it better. Yeah. And I said, well, let's ask the dodo bird that one, because the dodo bird were wiped well, out by the Dutch. Or Africa, or, or Asia, that was or South America, <laughs> or you, you pick it. Yeah, Oh, because we were yeah. so great. Yeah, the Spaniards yeah. were so great down there. And, uh, I mean, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of beautiful stuff that's emerged out of European culture. Uh, yes, and, absolutely. And, and, and a horrible record of track, uh, record of, uh, South, of, of um, abuse and, and war, when, and when, famine, and one million, genocide, and you name it. One million... Ameri- uh, one million white people run a country in South America. I mean, South Africa, in South, well, the country of South Africa, that is eleven million stronger blacks, and they treat you know, where's where, where's the white people make it better? You know, I mean, it was yeah. Just, so, and, but uh, but your um, your your take on on the fact that these folks are feeling empowered uh, is frightening to a lot of people. Not not just not just people of color, but to a lot of folks like us who. Who believe in equality right. and and want a want a country that is more unified across racial lines? Well, that's why they changed the name to alt right. It's all marketing because they couldn't say neo Nazis because the neo Nazis in the nineties, myself included, gave them a really bad name, yeah. right? And then before us was the Klan. So all these groups are just recycled racism, recycled hate groups. That's all they are. They're just ch- change your name, change an image for a minute, but it's always the same. Egomaniac, no self-esteem. I'm scared of everything. I'm. A, I mean, what is Fox News? 
Fox News is just a fear network. If you watch it, it's all they talk about is yeah. fear. They're yeah, coming. But then it's not just Fox News. A lot of, uh, a oh, lot yeah. of the mainstream media is all about fear. Yeah, Sean Hannity I mean, used to talk. Well, yeah, <laughs> sure, radio is the worst, but if you look at TV, a lot of the ABC, NBC, CBS TV stations, mm-hmm. it's all about accidents. It's about fire. It's about weather calamity. It's about murders, rapes. It's all about things that make you afraid. What's the, what, what's the thing that's coming up from South America now? They're calling it the big... Uh, they're scaring everybody. There's this like uh, drove of people that are coming up here right now. And, and they're like... And Tr- Trump did a whole big talk about it. He goes, and it's filled with a lot of men. A lot of bad oh, men. the caravan? Yeah, yeah the caravan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How does he know? Yeah. So yeah, anyway, yeah. that's... So do you, uh, what, what, what percentage of Trump supporters do you believe are... Uh, empathetic with the alt-right? Uh, 40%. That much? Yeah, I would say really? that much. Yeah. That much? Yeah, because they're very scared. They're very scared of the black guy moving next door. Yeah. They're very scared of, you know, the Latinos coming and then where they might have changed in the stop signs to, you know, alt and then also stop, like whatever it might be, because, you know, whatever the... They're so... Free. I mean, they get so mad when they say, oh, it says push two to speak in Spanish. Why do they even have that? Who cares why they have it? If that's what you wake up and think about, then you're pretty much a loser yourself in life, right? I mean, think about it. Well, or you're, 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 you're afraid. I, I mean, to, you're, you've been there. Yeah, I used to wake you, up every day and think, why do they got BET? I'm so mad that they have black entertainment television. But then I would think, why do we have, we should have white entertainment television. Let me tell you, the biggest show at the time was Friends. There's no black people on Friends. Right. It's not a very friendly show. Right, yeah. and yeah. so I would think about that every day. Why do we not have white entertainment television? For one, that's a horrible acronym for a network. White entertainment—it's more of like a, a porno network. To be honest, <laughs> be honest, it's not good. It's not good. So anyway, BET beat everyone to it, and now yeah. They, okay, so hey, just to just to switch gears ever so slightly here, um, yes. we've seen a proliferation of private prisons in this country. It's my big movement. Yeah, that's your your a lot of your work is focused on that, and I, I and again that that whole. The problem with private prisons came into focus with a horrible situation in wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, your right. home state, yes. where, um, where uh, two judges mm-hmm. were getting significant kickbacks, I mean, I think over a million dollars. Over a million dollars each, yep. Uh, for sending kids to the uh, private detention center yes. for crimes like um, teasing, like making fun of an assistant principal on MySpace? And, yes, and then um, also one kid, they gave him like six months for a bowl of weed, a bowl, and it had no, it was a, a marijuana smoking pipe with no marijuana in it. It had not been used yet. Just, just drug paraphernalia. Just drug paraphernalia, and he gave him yeah. six months. Yeah. And, and, there, and the kid killed himself. Yeah, it's just, it just, it just crazy. Uh, um, and so, so I think that kind of highlighted why private prisons are problematic, mm. but what's your take on the, the continued proliferation of them? So, under under the Obama administration, and certainly under the Trump administration, yeah. we're seeing more and more of this. And it, you know, and I'm not going to just keep patting Obama on the back because he did use these, thir- but he also at the end said that he thought that we should not use the federal in- the federal inmates should not be held in private prisons anymore. Mm-hmm. So he's because they're not looking to they're not looking to rehabilitate anybody at all. They, there's less guards there. There's the less food. There's less to, everything that makes a tinder box to make a prison explode are in these private prisons. And so, not only that, in right outside of Cleveland is the biggest private prison in the world. And mm-hmm. they hold 1,600 inmates right now. They are not called inmates. They are not called people. They're called storage. Wait, wait, wait. Called storage. 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 They're, they're just considered storage. They're S T O R A G E. Yeah, like like you would store your old TV somewhere. Okay, so it's a storage facility, according yep. to the owners of this private and prison. Probably yeah. uh, forty states have forty states have inmates in there, and forty of those states just consider having storage stored there. 
Okay, so that's pretty dehumanizing. Yeah, that's absolutely, yeah. and it's yeah. almost like there's yeah. not a lot of people like me and you in that prison. Yeah, it's not a, it's not you, very you mean, mostly white. people of color. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and, that, and even though Iowa's prison system is uh, is, uh, is is not privatized yet, mm-hmm. uh, it is uh, uh, the the representation of, of of black people in Iowa's prison it's it's off the charts compared to the uh, percentage of the population at large. Right, and then you hear the argument when you hear talk to white people and they say, "Well, that's because they do do more crime down there." Absolutely not. That's not true. More white people come down there and do more hand to hand drug deals. You don't do see hand to hand drug deals yeah. in Clive. Well, even if you look at these two judges in Pennsylvania yeah. who were sentenced to prison for. Uh, taking a million bucks in kickbacks, basically a racketeering operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of them got 17 years. Mm-hmm. The other one got 28 years. Yep. When they're done doing, quote, good time, you know. Yes. Uh, it, they're they're going to be out. Well, certainly the one who got 17 years is probably going to be out. Yeah, the one who got the 28, he's kind of old anyway. Yeah. So he might die he in might. there. He yeah. Might. Yeah. But, but, it, uh, but, you mean, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with the, uh, the scandal here in Central Iowa where, you know, two women... Uh, embezzled six million bucks from an insurance company. Right. One got five years, one got three. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is white-collar I, crime. <laughs> I, I kidnapped somebody, Got third, I got three years. My boy G, the black kid, stabbed a crackhead in the leg, and he got 16 years. Mm. And we were both, our first offense, and we were both 17 years old. I tortured the guy I was with for hours. G just stabbed him in the leg. And got 16 years. And you think that has to do with race? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That and yeah. then it comes down to the whole public defender system that we have and the whole public. De- I mean, you always see, you hear people say, where do you find God at? You find him in the county jail because where everyone else finds him at, you know? And that's the joke. But the truth is, if you have a public defender, you need God. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're not there. They're not so I know, I know you're uh, about to go, you're going to be going on a speaking tour pretty soon. Yes. Uh, to uh, Jewish communities. Yeah, right? all Jewish communities. Um, and, yeah. and like 19 of them, I believe. 19 right? of them. They're wow. called uh, Himam Centers. i got to remember exactly how to pronounce them. But it's where they teach people to be rabbis. And there's like hundreds of them in the country. Yeah. And so about 40 <clears> of them are going to have me in October, November on the West Coast, just going up and down the West Coast doing these tours for them, just trying to relieve people of some... Fear because one of their sh- one of their centers got shot up uh, mm. two months ago by a neo Nazi, right. Right, right? And so they want me to. Oh, come. yeah, we had the synagogue in, in your home state, Pennsylvania, yep. and in, in Pittsburgh that Pittsburgh. was shot up. As so, well. and it's again, here's these people who want to be big brave soldiers, and they go in and they shoot children, yeah, unarmed children. Mm. Now, just real quick in America, period, we used to worry about nuclear bombs from Russia, and we'd have to go hide underneath our desk, and then we'd do like fire alarms. We have kids in our schools now who do test once a month for a gun intruder coming in. So we're now planning on our own people killing our own people. Isn't wow. that crazy in schools? Like yeah. that's well, both are crazy. Yeah, they're all yeah, crazy. They're, they're, the idea that we could somehow pre- we, should, we should prepare for a nuclear war by crawling under our desks. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was how, how traumatic was that on kids, too? Yeah, you know, know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like going out on a first date with me. You're definitely leaving with PTSD. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so... um. Yeah, so uh, just briefly, you're, um, you know, you, I, I want to talk more about the presidential campaign, but just the, 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 the private prison conversation hasn't emerged too much. No, I didn't, it hasn't. I mean, it's, uh, but it's, it's something that you would expect some, le- you would hope for some leadership from, from our next president. Uh, you know, uh, we have although, to- again, a lot of it's happening at the state level. It's a lot of it is but, lobbyist. Yeah. Lobbyists who come in and say, we will take all this off of your hands if you make sure that you keep our prison 85% full, 
they're saying we'll build the prisons, but you have to keep them 85% filled or we're going to charge you for that. Yeah. So that what they're saying, we want you to keep putting people in prison. We have the most people, listen, we have the most people in prison in the world, and the next five countries underneath of us combined almost make the same amount of numbers yeah. we do. How sick is that? Yeah. And it's all mostly black people and minorities who are getting put away because what happens is the private prison industry figure out a way to make money off poverty. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, there there are other ways of making money out poverty as well. Uh, um, charter schools, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, pri- privatizing um, Medicaid, yeah, pri- privatizing uh, you know uh, other DHS services. I was you know? with my son yesterday, and we were talking about something, and someone said to him, "Well, if you want to know what it's like to really be a liberal." And again, I consider, I guess, myself a liberal now. But he said, if you had $4 and I took $2 and now I make sure that these guys can go to the hospital, don't you think you should? And I said, yes, take the $2 from me then. Like, if you're going to tax me and someone's going to have preventative care in their life, I'm all for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the difference in having empathy and humanity for the world. So if people want to learn more about your work, maybe book you for a speaking engagement, uh, get in, you know, be be in touch with some of the uh, film work you've done, books you've written, uh, where do they go? Uh, shoot, I don't know. You just Google me. You know, um, you can go to my agent. I, don't, it just, I have a website, I guess. I do have a website. I know I do. It's out there somewhere. And you can reach me through there. Like if right. you I'll put the link up on the Fallon yeah, website, I, I, too. So. I don't, just call me. at. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm a person who's just around town. I'm always willing to talk. And I'm also a, a, a lifetime hockey coach. Right. So, 10 yeah. times national championships. Go, so. go Flyers. Go Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Frankie, thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you. Folks, thanks for tuning in to today's Fallon Forum. If you're listening, uh, again on our community-owned stations, stick around. We've got a little more conversation coming your way. We're going to talk about the the uh, presidential campaign. Again, thanks for tuning in. This is Ed Fallon with uh, the Fallon Forum on Lorena, 1260 AM, 96.5 FM. Okay, welcome back to the Fallon Forum. Uh, with me again, Frankie Mink. And uh, we've been talking about his journey from a white supremacist to crusader for equality, justice, all the good stuff. And uh, we talked a bit about uh, the private prison scandal as well and um, began to touch on the extent to which private prisons are an issue in the presidential campaign. But I want, Frankie, I want, I want to take a broader look at the campaign. Yes. I mean, right now there are, I believe, last count, 25 recognized Democratic candidates for president. It's uh, the biggest field in memory. And, of course, uh, you know, Donald Trump has an opponent as well, William Weld, the former governor of Massachusetts. But he's polling at about 4%. Right. So when you're you're at 4% and the one guy you're running against is at 96, maybe you want to hang it up. But anyway, the, um, <laughs> the, the, the campaign is getting a lot of attention, both because there is so much um, controversy surrounding President Trump uh, and because uh, there are so many candidates running on the Democratic side. Uh, and, and again, I know, I know mainstream media love a, love a, love a horse race, and, yep. and they're more interested in the horse race than they are the, uh, the issues. But, you know, and I, I, know you, I know this hasn't been something you've been tracking closely or deeply yet, and it is early yet, so you, yes. you've got plenty of time to jump in and try to figure out what's going on. But from your perspective, it's just kind of a person on the outside of this whole thing. What's, a, what's your take on the campaign so far? Well, I think that uh, Trump, I believe that Trump is going to federally legalize marijuana 
right before the election. And I think he's going to skirt a bunch of the middle back over to his side to help him. That's uh, that's just my little guesstimation. So that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. And it's sca- sad and scary that people will just jump ship for this one topic like that. But now every, well, maybe not every, but most Democratic candidates for president are also talking about legalizing marijuana. But he has the power to do it now. Right. And that's scary. Is that yeah. he can do it right before the election and people are going to be, oh, that Trump guy's so cool. Yeah. And that's what you need to need them. Pot light light one up for the Trumpster. That's it, man. Pot, yeah. The potheads in the car be like, we've got to go for Trump. You yeah. know? So. Do you, I mean, do you really think that many people will vote yes. for him? Really? Absolutely. I do. And, and you, is that based on an, based, an anecdotal experience? Your own, yeah, your my own. My, I mean, there's people I know, and <clears throat> all of Venice Beach will vote <laughs> for him, right? <laughs> he might take Southern California. So. Um, it's just it's just something I feel, but on the on the Democratic side, I mean, who? I don't think Biden could do it. Right. I just think he's he's too old, and I think he's got a lot of skeletons in his closet that I think Trump people will find and pull out. Well, aren't some of those skeletons already out? Yeah. I mean, remember he ran in 1988 uh-huh. when you were still doing a gangbanging stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he um he ran in '88, and it was 80, well, it was '87 that he was um, outed for having plagiarized. In college, and that tank isn't it amazing that we've come so far that that we can think of the good old days when plagiarism actually right. would bounce you as a presidential candidate From in college. Right? Wasn't in college, <laughs> in college yeah, yeah. And Joe Biden went to college a long, 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 long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you, you, but um, there's that skeleton. What else do you see in his closet? Or maybe, maybe you know. I don't. Maybe, maybe. I, 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 kinda, I do know, of, and it's. Uh, I do know of something, and I, you know, I won't share because I want to be shot by the CIA. No, uh, but I, <laughs> I, 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 do, I don't think Biden could do it. Did you know that one time we got? I one time when Kerry was here running. Yeah, I remember John Kerry. He was a presidential candidate once. Yes, and he was also a <laughs> hockey player. Oh, really? So him. Oh, yeah, I do remember that too. You're right. And I, he did the, him and the Des Moines Fire Department played a charity game against my team, and I played oh. against Joe Biden. I mean, not Joe Biden, but against John Kerry. Kerry. And he did you check him? No, hard against the boards? Yeah, he high stick my goalie in the head on purpose because he stopped him on a breakaway. You're kidding. So just, You're kidding. No, I swear to And this is on video. And I go behind him and I cup check him <laughs> because he just hit my goalie in the head with the hockey stick. And so John turned around to me and he goes, hey. And I said, yo, you just hit my goalie. And he was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. And I was like, yes, you did. What and year was this? This was When uh, he was running for president? Yeah. Running, I mean, this was a, a and, big... And just so people uh, understand what a cup check is, I mean, when you're a hockey player, if, if you're a male hockey player, nice. you're wearing a special... Uh, a piece of equipment to protect uh, the family jewels, yes. or whatever you want to call them, yes. that the FCC allows. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and he he actually you actually whipped my stick. <laughs> I popped him right up under his cup, and he knew he knows what that means. That means you either want to fight, you know, or something. But I mean, and it wasn't even like to me. It, my wife said, "Did you do it just because he was?" Because I'm, you know, again, I was probably would have voted for the guy. But I did it because he hit my goalie. And, and deep down inside of me, I'm a hockey player. Yeah. And you touch my goalie, it infuriates me. Yeah. And I didn't even well, know. And you're not supposed to. You're no. supposed to. There's, there's, a, there's a higher degree of deference paid to the goalie in hockey than there would be to any right. other player on the ice. Because they're always in awkward positions. Sure, they're always yeah. down on their knees or trying to pocket yeah, they're all They're already vulnerable. Yes. But yeah. they are the most. Here's the funniest thing. And we're getting off topic here now. But in hockey, a goalie <clears> is the most padded human being in all of sports. But if you touch him... I'm going to kill you. <laughs> or, or at least cup check you. Yeah, at least cup check you. And so, <laughs> John Kerry discovered. So afterwards, my... It's probably the only time he was cup checked during the campaign. Maybe. Yeah. 
Probably not in college, though. I'm sure he got in college. Because he played for Harvard. He played Harvard. Yeah. So I wonder if he's going to run. Is he, is, he, is, he, is he why? No, he won't run. No. Is he, is he the reason you're not a Bruins fan? No, I'm not a, I'm not a Bruins fan because I'm not a Bruins fan. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> All right, okay? we'll, leave it at that. we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm not so, a Patriots fan. I'm not a Celtics okay, fan. Okay, I get it. I get it. But you're not a Boston fan yeah. because you just don't like teams that win. All right, no, whatever. Um, oh, okay, I'll stop now. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to get cup checked. Yeah, man. <laughs> You're making me turn back into a neo-Nazi. <laughs> I'd start a hate group just against Bostons. Or against me. Yeah. <laughs> Bald people. Oh, wait, I can't do that. Yeah, no. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll have a counter group that will stick up for me. So let's it's go. Fe- felons for Fallon. Who is the, uh, isn't there a woman that's from India or a man from India that was, or it's a woman from India, right? Is, is, uh, her name is. Well, Kamala Harris is uh, is half, is part Indian. Her, her mother uh-huh. was uh, Indian. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, her mother is from India and her father, I believe, is from uh, Jamaica. Really? Yeah. Oh, I like her. And then uh, because of that? Yeah. Oh, come on. you got to have a more substantive uh, you basis. Want what? You want depth when it comes to me with a woman? Well, no, with, a, with, a pro- well with a presidential candidate. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I remember hearing a lot about her, but I don't know. And right now, I would look into her if I had to go just yeah. because well, someone— Well, she, she was here in Iowa over, over the uh, 4th of July, um, whatever we want to call it, holiday. And, um, What's her track record with climate change? Uh, she's she hasn't been real forthcoming about it being a high priority yet, so okay. there's concern about that. that. Do you think that the majority of mass people will will vote that way? You know what I mean? Like, or the there's going to get Trump climate, out. Climate change polls as the top concern among Iowa is. Democratic caucus goers. I coach ice hockey. Top concern. I need ice to be here. Yeah, well, right. yeah, so. well, well, you can probably make ice. It's all about uh, me. It's always all about me. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that, that seems to be a, a, the hallmark of our species is we do tend to vote our, our self-interest. Like, I'm not much, but I'm all I think like, about. Like like, like John, John Kerry takes out your gully so you don't vote for him, no. right? Oh, no, I didn't vote. I, no, no, I didn't vote for him because someone else came along. I forget who it was. Well, it, it was the, it was either John Kerry or uh, or uh, George, oh, I, George Bush. No, no, I, no, I vote for Kerry. Okay. I did vote for him. <laughs> I found out he wore a cup, so I said, i got to vote for the guy. He's always protected. He's, He's a protected all... human being. Yeah, he doesn't need Secret Service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay. there's also, uh, I mean, there's a very diverse field. Um, the first uh, uh, openly gay presidential candidate is running. Uh, Who's Pete, that? Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Hmm. Frank, you got to get up to speed I on this know, stuff. I man. do, I do. Uh, I'm so Tulsi Gabbard, uh, a congresswoman well, from, uh, from Hawaii. Yes, yes. Who's of uh, Samoan, uh, Samoan uh, descent. She's running. So we have two Hawaiians in like a no, decade. One. Well, oh, the other one was from Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other <laughs> Kenya. Right, right, right. And yeah. imagine well, Donald Trump started that. How crazy is that? Like yeah. he was, a, he was a very. I, mean, I wouldn't say he started it, but he bought into it. He bought into it, and he really spread the message. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he's backed away from that now, of course. But he still likes to encourage his supporters to quote lock her up regarding Clinton. I mean, come on, just get over it. But so uh, we have we have a field that is so diverse. I think you're right. Biden has been the front runner. Yes. And he is slipping and slipping fast. Right. Uh, one poll had him now in third place in Iowa, behind Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren. Uh, and that's my other favorite, Elizabeth Warren. 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 She's Why? Been, just because from her stances on a lot of subjects have always been um, kind of. I'm not going to back down because I know that this doesn't sound sexy. And I think that she's taken on some subjects that I, I, I really enjoyed her taking on. So. Yeah. She said that to me once. Uh, not, not, not exactly in those words, but I said, hey, you know, you talk about climate change as an existential threat. Why won't you make it your top priority? And she said, quote, I'm going to push back against that. And then she went on to say that corruption in government is the 
is 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 the reason we don't have any action on climate change. And mm -hmm. I don't disagree that that the uh, that the corrupting influence of big oil and big gas money in politics is one reason we have not seen action on climate change. But I don't think you can. You, I mean, right now the goal is to get to get off of fossil fuels, and you've got to tackle that goal head on. Right. And so I she pushed back against me, and I pushed back against her on that. And you know what? She um she really has come a long way on climate. She has uh, talked about it a lot more. She's rolled out one position paper after another and i think um i, I think that's uh I, I to me that's that's the value of having small states like new hampshire south carolina nevada iowa have this opportunity to to um vote earlier than some of the bigger states we have a chance to really push these candidates on issues on 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 problems that might not get the kind of attention they would get if you were just campaigning in a big state and mostly doing tv ads now, I was a bicycle carrier in, in uh, D.C. Bicycle carrier. Yeah, remember back in the day, you had the guys with the package on their back, and they yeah. pedaled their bikes around. I bet you broke every traffic rule out there. Oh, well, we were we were horrible. The cabbies were horrible. It was a <laughs> war that summer with, between us both. But anyway, I learned something that summer. I learned something very important. What's that? You made a lot of packages to K Street. And uh, K Street was where I, when I the first. The lobbyists. Started, yes, it's yeah. a whole street. It is the most majestic street in D.C. It is glass buildings. It looks like crystals. It's and it's all lobbyist firms. Yeah. And everyone used to mm -hmm. always say because I would take stuff from the CIA building. I mean, because you do you, they used us all the time. The CIA, the FBI. We take packages in our back and pedal them over there. And we went to K Street all the time. Yeah, I bet. And you just think someone said to me one day, "That's the street that runs the world." Yeah. K Street runs the world, and I've and since then I've always kept an eye open, and it's absolutely true. Yeah. And it's wrong. It's not. It's a. It's the swamp wrong, that right? Donald Trump pretended he was going to drain, and has only filled it with bigger alligators. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's right. He did say that. Yeah. So uh, back to the back to the presidential election again. You you made two interesting observations. One that uh, Trump will you know, legalize marijuana before the election, mm -hmm. and that will siphon off enough support from whoever the Democratic nominee is. Yep. You don't think Biden will be the nominee, uh, and you also don't think he would win he because of skeletons. And he, I mean, he's already got enough skeletons in his closet, yeah. but apparently there are more that uh, you think will probably come out. What do you have to say about some of the other key? I mean, Bernie Sanders uh, is the <sighs> other, um, has been, till now, perceived as a frontrunner. I want to grab Bernie and I want to kiss him on his head. I just love him. Like, Wait, Bernie or Biden? <laughs> Bernie. Okay, it's, I thought the kissing on the head thing was a Biden thing, but okay, no, we'll no, go no. Ahead. no, no. Bernie would. I love Bernie. I just I think that he the whole country thinks he's too old and. Well, no, the whole country doesn't. He still has a lot of support. I hope so. I, I would love. That's who I would like to win, but uh, he will be screamed at as he's a communist. He already was. Uh, he, well, he's not. He's not. He's but he's a, he for his social. He has said he is some type of socialist. Democratic They're, socialist. Democratic yeah. so. but, but but I mean, Republican Republicans running for higher office have all the time tried to demonize their Democratic Absolutely. opponents as being quote socialist or communist. Um, sometimes using those words interchangeably, which doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, so so they're going to do that regardless of who the who, who the Democratic nominee is. I would love you think Bernie. What? I would love Bernie to win. I would love for Bernie to win. I think okay. he would be, he, he's your guy, right? When you say he, not No, your, I'm not, not your guy. guy. My, my quote guy is climate change. I, yeah, I and, and that's see, what I mean. That's what I, I want to see say. all the candidates do as well, I mean, to speak as, as powerfully as possible about the urgency of climate action. And I think that's what I mean by he's, you're, I mean, he's the, the uh, uh, friend of this type of show where it's about climate change. He's a, he is a climate change. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a, 
Bernie Sanders tends to treat climate change like an issue, not like a crisis. And that's a concern okay. that some people have. It's, he talks very strongly about it, but he, you, he, he, bury, he buries it in his list of five or six or seven options of, of, of priorities. Could you give on any of this where you would say, I'll give if you make it a stronger issue, but I know you have three other things ahead of it. Or could you give on that? Well, that's a question for all the uh, people who intend to vote in the Iowa caucuses or in the Hampshire primary. Or, mm -hmm. or, it's, a, it's a good question. I mean, how... For those who understand that climate change is urgent, is an existential threat, that is not an issue, that it is indeed something that we have to address immediately. Right. The question is, you know, how how much are we willing to look beyond a candidate's position on that to their other qualifications? And I think the, the one other qualification that I hear coming up most often among Democrats is who can beat Trump? Not. And, you know, I, I hear people saying Biden is the only one who can beat Trump and others saying Biden is the only one who can't beat Trump. <laughs> yeah, you have any perspective on that? I mean, you've already said you don't think Biden can beat Trump. I don't think. And you also, I think you've also said that you don't think Bernie can beat Trump. I don't think so. Who do you think can beat Trump? Someone who hurry up right now and goes gets a reality TV show for the next year. Someone who can reach. It's so sad. So maybe uh, you. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> I don't know if they have felons in the White House. They got felons in the White House. Uh, probably. <laughs> they, they actually are. That are absolutely uh, probably more criminals been in the White House. Yeah. But. I think that climate change, if people want to really know, what I know about climate change, what stuck with me that made me know that this is true, is when they looked at Louisiana. When they started to study how to build a new um, uh, system to stop from another Katrina, they had to cycle in and had to rethink about how to rebuild these new walls because of climate change. And that's our own Army Corps of Engineers saying, we have to build these walls five feet higher because in 50 years, the ocean's definitely going to be deeper and higher, and it's not, you know, it's going to happen faster now than it has ever happened. Faster, and it's also going to be a lot more than five feet. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, yeah that's exactly. That's what the science is saying, yeah. So they're saying we need to build walls higher, and yeah. I think that they, our Army Corps of Engineers who try to do things the right way are saying there's something happening, and it's happening faster and dramatic, more dramatic than it ever has before. Yeah. And that's our own Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah. Well, Frankie, thanks for joining us, folks. We've been talking with Frankie Mink. And uh, you can learn more about Frankie's work by just Googling Google, Frankie Mink, M-E-E-I-N-K. -E -E it's an Irish name. <laughs> yeah, Jewish and Irish. Jewish Irish. Southern Irish. Jewish Italian <laughs> Irish name. All right. Thanks again for tuning in to the Fallon Forum, and thanks again to uh, the folks here at Lorena, uh, 1260 AM, 96.5 FM in Des Moines, Iowa.